Let's see how bad it tastes in this. Oh, yeah. Tell me if the hot chocolate's any good. Mine's still really hot, but it was made last, yeah. so. You won't even notice it now. Perfect. Oh, we gonna get it just, lit. It just tonight. goes down. It just it tastes like chocolate now because that taste is in your mouth. Y'all, we gonna get so it's lit tonight. Any Kit Kat? I'll take one. Your Kit Kat? Yeah. Thank you. Welcome. Okay. I'm this a, has been fun. I'm on a chocolate thing now. So, hi everyone. Hi. This is podcast. Hello. Um, uh, if you've been listening, if you've been keeping up with what's actually happening. You'll notice this isn't the right episode because we were doing a four-part series on a mother and a daughter. Bad well, Eden. guess what? Um, that's been recorded for a long time and it's ready to go out, but we're going to take a pause because we're going to do Christmas. Unfortunately, Christmas beat me to getting that out, so had to hit the timeliness of the season. So we're doing Christmas instead today. We'll get back to that in the new year. Um, awesome. And for anyone who's listened prior to this, this would be a weird episode to start on, but... If you've listened prior to this, you know both of the co-hosts today, because it's my mom and my brother making people think I don't have real friends. But guess what? My mom is my friend. <laughs> Woohoo! So, I feel honored. Actually, there's only one person in this room, and you're doing all of the voices for them. Amazing. That would be really talented. That would be impressive. Well, like, especially when we speak over each other. Like, I, is, I'm like a cool ventriloquist who can, like, do two things at once. Yeah, like drinking water and then, like, talking with yeah. the coffee. Either that or you're doing all your voice. Oh, and recording back. And oh, and recording over. Oh, that'd be that's. Oh, that's actually easy. No, that's actually much easier because. But you'd have to like record your part and then play it back in like headphones and talk back to yourself. Like you'd have to like prepare Only questions. Only for the parts like this responses. where we're speaking over each Not other. Not to mention, wouldn't you have to leave pauses? And where do you leave them? You don't have to leave Why pauses. Leave the them? magic of editing means I can put a pause wherever I want. Yeah, editing's kind of like meth. I'm sorry. We all just look at each other and go, what does that mean? Okay, we need to kick him out of here. We've, uh, <laughs> we've already gotten so off topic. But yeah, anyways, um, so my brother and my mom are here, and we are, like I said, getting lit for Christmas, and so Litmus. we're having some, Litmus, we're having some uh, spiked hot chocolate. Uh, it, I don't know where the, the track of us getting the shots is going to go. It might go at the beginning, I might put it at the end, but regardless, we... We did some shots. That was fun. You might have already heard that. Um, just so you know, we probably are gonna have to do a couple more. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna get real late. We, we y'all. need to space it though because yeah, otherwise I'll be chunky. Otherwise, we are not gonna finish the story. <laughs> I'm always I'll chunky. I'll be on the floor and <laughs> chunky. Shut up. Um, <laughs> thought it was hefty. Uh, yeah, it is hefty. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna be talking about Christmas today. I'm actually gonna do an episode all about Santa. But, like, more specifically about St. Nicholas and then, like, how that gets into Santa a little bit at the end. Um, so it was pretty whack. Um, I was, a lot of confusion and a lot of interest when I was researching it, so hopefully it's interesting in general. Um, so Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. If you're listening to this in, like, July, I don't know, Happy July. So, yeah, so hopefully this is enjoyable no matter what time of year you're listening to it. Um, there's probably a jillion things I should be saying right now, but I'm already not remembering what I'm You're supposed to apologize to me. Sorry. Well, I'm not going to swear too much. (laughs) Wait, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, you can swear. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Within reason. Yeah, within reason. damn it. I just... (laughs) He will be dropping the F-bomb every chance he gets. I just feel weird swearing for my mom. Yeah, so if you're listening (laughs) for the first time... Oh, that's what I was supposed to say. If you're listening to this for the first time, we do swear. Um, This one's not like a sexy episode, but like in general, that could come up like for other episodes. Um... 
And so, like, if you're listening with children, but especially for this episode, I just wanted to say, because we're talking about Santa Claus, uh, I don't know why you'd listen with children in the first place, but I wouldn't recommend this episode, because guess what? We're all adults in this room, and we're going to say some things. Don't Spoiler s- alert. There's no such thing as Santa. Whoa! Okay. Hold on. You're, you're getting ahead of See, the See, I was, I was just going to let him, I was just going to allude to it until the children clicked off. <laughs> Um, so, since I had two guest hosts, obviously we're never going to stay on topic, but we're going to, you know, we're going to give it a go. Every um, time he gets off, we'll smack him. But don't let him spill. I'm into that. Don't anyone spill their drank, because it's hot. Because it's stank. No, because it's hot, Jim. Okay, so the other thing about this episode is that I didn't want to do something that only Patreon subscribers would hear because I was so excited about the topic. So what I'm going to do is if you are listening to this on my main feed, it's going to be a slightly truncated episode. Let's be real, it's still going to be really long because we're never going to get through this. But if you are a Patreon subscriber, you are going to get the full episode. So there's just going to be a few more facts, um, a little bit more of like the actual history, but then also probably just us like BSing a little bit. Um, so basically, if you're a Patreon subscriber, um, please listen to this through the Patreon feed. Um, if you're not there already, I would just bop over there instead because you're just going to want to get the whole episode. Um, otherwise, everyone else is still going to get like a pretty holistic episode anyway. Let's get right into Santa. <laughs> Obviously, obviously what you know about Santa, you probably know anyway, that it's based off of a guy named St. Nick. Like, that's what he's called. Like, yes. he's either Chris Kringle or he's St. Nick. You spent, like, you know, four years in Britain. Do they have a Christmas chip called Crisp Kringle? They should. <laughs> crisp Kringle would be really funny. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I've never seen a Crisp Kringle. That's um, awesome. But yeah, they do call chips crisps, so that would actually work really well. Yeah, I know, like right? Peppermint flavored Just or like something. A crisp Kringle. Yeah, yeah Crisp Kringle. Um, yeah, so no. So, but Saint Saint Nick is the name that you might know. So, so anybody in Mark looking for a marketing ploy, there you go. That's ours. We trademark. Yeah, uh, copy that. <laughs> if you just say trademark slash copyright, I actually don't know which is which. Um, if you say it, then it's true. So I've put it into the universe, and now it's mine. Okay, there you go. That doesn't, that doesn't sound uh, business savvy at all, so someone's going to steal that from us. <laughs> um, yeah, so St. Nick, um, so he's a real person, you know, sort of. Kind of. Um, the thing is, is that he was alive in the, like, two, like, the late 200s, early 300s. Um, so, wait, he's alive there in, like, the Roman period? Yes. Ew. That's what we're gonna get into. Um, so the thing is, is that there's actually no record of him while he's alive. Oh, nice. So he doesn't, like, if he wrote things, we don't have them. And if other people were writing about him while he was alive, we don't have them. Um, the first people to really write about him, there's a guy called Michael, not like, you know, biblical Michael, like later on. His name's just Mike. I'm 
Yeah. Michael. Just Michael. Oh, right. Just Mikey. Um, oh, Mikey. Just Mikey. Mm-hmm. Our Mike, pal Mikey. Our, our boy Mikey just Well, I mean, in, in my notes, <laughs> I Red frequently boy. refer to say Nicholas as Nikki, so, like, it's fine. We're getting nicknamed in here. See, okay. I, I couldn't... Don't say Nikki, because every time you say that, I'm going to think about... Um, the Zar? Yeah. Yeah, I'm still going to call him Nikki. Yeah, okay. I don't care. I hate her. Um, or Nick. I have him in, as here, Nick a lot in the notes, too. But, yeah, so there's a guy named Michael later on who, like, a couple centuries after St. Nicholas would have been alive... He's writing about it, and that's the first time that anyone's really, like, recording his life. Um, so it is several centuries removed, which means, first of all, probably not incredibly accurate. Um, but that's okay because week. I was... Sorry? Accuracies for the week. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I was reading somebody made the point that um, nobody wrote about Alexander the Great until a couple of centuries after his life either. So, like, it's not necessarily impossible to get, like, a certain amount of knowledge about somebody that long after, because there's still, like, oral tradition that then somebody writes down. Yeah, but I feel like it's a lot easier to be like, oh, yeah, this guy, like, took over, like, the known world, versus this guy just kind of gave out, like, wooden yeah. toys. Okay, well, the other problem is, is that the guy, Michael, who's writing about St. Nicholas, he's not writing a biography, or even, like, a history. He's writing what's called a hagiography, and that is, it's basically, like, a like, a book or, like, a biography specifically about a saint, which is fab, except that, um, you know, no offense to, like, Christians and, like, Catholics in particular. I was raised Catholic, so, like, it's, I'm allowed to joke about Catholics because, you know, I'm in there. Um, but the thing is, is that when you're writing about a saint, you often really embellish. Because, like, they have to... They're saints. They have to kind of make them... Yeah, they have, they have to perform miracles to be a saint. So, yeah. So, anyways, it's a hagiography that's being written. The first thing that's actually written about Saint Nick. So, it's not necessarily seen as being incredibly accurate, but that's fine. Um, so, Saint Nicholas was born around, like, 270 or 280 AD. Um, he's born in a place, like, a city called Myra, which is in modern-day Turkey. I actually knew that. Okay. Um, so first of all, happy Mediterranean Christmas. Like, that's gonna be warm. They, there ain't snow in Turkey, I don't think. At least not that part of Turkey. So. Have you ever been to Turkey? No. But it's, well, I mean, you're kind ain't of gonna be warm. Yeah, I am making assumptions. Winter in Ankara. I'm pretty sure she's making the right assumption. Um, but yeah. So he's born there. Uh, his parents' names differ depending on who you're asking. Um, so this is kind of like a more lore thing than somebody writing like a accurate history, but they may have been called, uh, Theophanes and That's Nona. Cool. That's a dope name. Which Nona is, makes me funny because it makes me think of a grandma. Um, or Epiphanius and Joanna. Those which I guess Joanna cool and Nona are kind of names. the same. That could be like a derivative. Roman names are just cooler than ours. Yeah. Theophanes? You should be Theophanes. Or, well, yeah, I think that's how it's pronounced. I'm really <laughs> making some. You can only have that name if you can spell that name. Um, anyway, so his parents were, whatever their names actually were, they were Christians, and so he was born into a Christian family, but at the time we're in Rome, so, like, you know, most people aren't Christian, like, this is pretty unusual, um, and he was probably named after his uncle, also called Nicholas, and he served in the church, so they're like, cool Uncle Nick. When was, kind of an off-topic question, but kind of on-topic, when was, um... Christianity, the official religion of Rome. We're going to get to that, baby. Oh, I hate her. We're getting there. It's part of the story. Um, so, it's a good question, but it, just because it's part of the story, I'll just get to it. Um, so, as an infant... Oh, this is a funny story. I have no idea if this is true. I mean, obviously, we don't know if any of this is true, but this made me laugh. Um, so, when he was an infant, 
he was already showing how holy he would be one day. Oh, nice. Because it was a Friday, and we know that there's, you know, like, fasting on Fridays for Christians. Like, now it's mostly Lent for Catholics, but back then it was pretty much any Friday you would do, like, some fasting or, like, you wouldn't eat specific foods. Um, so baby St. Nick, well, baby Nick at the time, um, he is, like, getting ready to be breastfed, and he just goes, uh-oh, and he does not accept the breastfeeding because it's Friday. And they're like, man, this baby is holy AF. I don't think that's humanly possible. He knew. He'd been new. I don't know. This baby I I, I is I do it. a baby of Christ. Yeah, so that was a weird story that I just really enjoyed. So he wouldn't he wouldn't take the booby. Um, <laughs> the booby. He's he's getting older. Oh my god, you are Lynn. Um, so, uh, his parents would have died when he was like coming of age, so like a like a either like kind of oldish kid slash like youngish teen. Um, his kids his parents die, and they weren't like rich, but they were pretty well off. So they leave him a good bit of money, and so he's like rolling in it. You know, he's not paying that inheritance tax. He's doing all right. Oh, the times they lived in. No inheritance. Times have changed. Yeah, but you also died of, like, any disease if you got, like, a cut. So, like, I don't know. And what was considered old age? Like, 12. Oh, there you go. If you didn't have, like, six kids by the age of 12, you're not doing it right. So, yeah. So he gets all his money. He really comes into it. And uh, then he's like, I love the church. So he's like, I'm going to do some good. Like, Christ was a good boy, so I'm going to be a good boy. So he decides that he's going to use his inheritance to, like, give to charity and, like, give to people who are in need. What so a he's, hippie. He's given that money to the poor. So here is one of the most famous stories about St. Nick. And it's a story about three girls. So Nicholas, he's, like, on a little journey. He's, like, doing his gap year, traveling around, like, having a good time and giving out his money. <laughs> um... And so he hears this story about three young women who are, like, of a marriageable age. So probably, like, 12. And uh, their father had, like, either they were, like, really poor or they had, like, recently fallen on hard times. Um, I've seen different versions of the story where they were, like, it was just, like, accidental. Like, just, that's the way it goes. And then I've also seen versions of the story where he, like, lost, like, the father lost the money because of the plotting and envy of Satan. So, obviously, basically sounds like he was, like, stupid betting Satan. money and, like, being stupid and, like, drinking and stuff. Like, you know, just doing that bad stuff. So, he was doing all those satanic so all the things. fun stuff. Yeah, the fun Yeah, stuff. basically his dad was having a good life. Yeah, but then he didn't prepare for the dowries for his daughters. So, as a result, um, he has all these marriageably aged daughters and no dowries for any of them. Um, and so, they're the ones who are going to suffer. Whether or not it was his fault, like, we're not sure, but they're going to suffer for whatever happened. And because they are marriageable, like, in terms of their age, but they're not going to be able to get married without dowries, um, it's likely that they would have ended up as prostitutes or even sold as slaves. So St. Nicholas hears the story, and he's like, whoa, 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 like, I love to do charity. So he rolls up, um, but he doesn't want to, like, upset them or embarrass them by giving them the money in public, because he's not about, like you know, the publicity of the stunt. He just wants to do good. He's, like, an anonymous donor. So he decides he's going to go to their house at night, and he has a bag of coins, and he just chucks that boy in the window. And so... The window's open? I mean, I don't think... They they invented glass They didn't have glass. They might have had shutters, but the shutters would have been open. okay. I don't know if they had shutters or whatever. I'm not actually sure. But they didn't have glass, obviously. That's not a thing. Um... So he, about breaking and entering. so he chucks that money in the window. I wish people chucked money in my window. <laughs> I know. I know. And, right? uh, 
And the story is that it landed in one of either a shoe or like a stocking that was hung up to dry by the fireplace. So if you had that said... That is one a hell of a chuck. Yep. Dude, that's well, a great... He should be in the NBA. I don't know. Maybe he started it. Um, Maybe he's the first NBA player. I mean, there you go. I feel like it's more of like a hacky sack thing, to be honest. Nicholas Basketball Association. I mean, if he chucks it... I mean, it's it's sort of like playing cornhole. You know, like with like one of those hacky sack like things. I mean, shot. think about it. That stocking had to be open. Like, most stockings, when you're drying them, they're kind of closed. Well, it could have been a shoe. Them. It's just a story. This probably didn't happen this way. Um, so he checks this money in. And then again, there's a couple of different stories that I read. In some of them, he goes back the next two nights as well and chucks more money in. So like one for each girl. In which case, if that's... I got, we got three girls. Exactly. I know. None for you, Kai. But you'll share with yeah, me, Yeah, but I'm right? bigger than yeah, all of you. Yeah, of course. I'm bigger okay. than all of you. Yeah, I got my two sisters and me, so three gals. I can take you. We're yeah, all marriageable age in this timeline. Slap my fingers. Yes, you, you're, we're technically you're all, an old lady by now. We're technically all marriageable ages in this timeline. Dude, you'd be dead by now. Yeah. Congrats. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, But the thing is that if he if this is the way it happened, which this is one of the ways they've said, and it, he goes back each night, I was like, why don't he just chuck three bags in all in one night? Like, why does he make a production out of it? Because uh, um, he's like, you know, he's got to be like special about it. But anyway, so that's one version. The other version is is that he chucks the money in, and then they find the money, and wow. um, the next like so that they find the money, and then they have the oldest girl get married. They're like, yeah, she's got a dowry, get her married. And then it's not until after her marriage she chucks in the second one, the second daughter gets married. Okay, so and now like, he's just being special. I have a question. Yeah, did he want to marry one of them? No, he did not. He uh, does not. Marry I thought any maybe of them. he had his eye on that's the, the move. You give well, them money anonymously, try to marry them, you get your money back, and you get a wife. <laughs> and you get well, a wife. that's what I was thinking. Maybe he wanted the youngest, so he had to get the two older ones married first. I guess my thing is, is that if that's the way it happened, because if, if it was the first way where he just comes three nights in a row, then that's weird because he could just done it all in one night and just got the task out of the way. But if he does it this way, I feel like the dad is kind of a dick because he gets a free bag of money and then spends it all on the first daughter, knowing that the other two daughters still could have become prostitutes. That's why he did it three nights in a row. Because if he gave it all on the first night, maybe the first daughter would have got it all. That's why I'm saying there's two different versions of the story, and I don't think any of them are that good. So yeah, so he does this the three nights, um, and the third night in some versions, the father stays up. And then when he sees Nicholas, he's like, oh my god, thanks for the free money. Like, you saved my daughters. And Nick is like, that's cool, but you can't tell anyone that I did this. Like, this is between you and me. And then somebody... <gasps> Wait a minute, he caught Santa? I'll break your legs. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> Nobody's ever catching Santa. <laughs> Santa no. walks around with a baseball bat and bags of money. <laughs> you tell anyone, I'll break your legs. <laughs> but that's the thing, is that somebody I was reading made a point. They were like... Um, cause this is all in that, like, that Michael guy who explains, like, in his hagiography, he's written about this event. And somebody wrote, Michael fails to explain how, if the father remained silent, the story became so well known. Oh, true. True. Well, clearly he didn't. He's a gambling man. Yeah, but if, if Nick, if Nick, <laughs> if Nick had his little baseball bat and was like, tell no one, um, <laughs> then his story wouldn't have got out. He actually just had a yeah. stocking full of, like, rocks. Well, anywho, so that's the first story of, like, one of the nice things that he does. Uh, so the Bishop of Myra, the place where he lives, dies. And so they needed to ch- choose someone else. So they struggle. They're like, ooh, who's going to be the new bishop? Like, we can't decide. It's so hard. All the other bishops are, like, hemming and hawing. And then, um, finally, like, a voice tells them, you know. Nick. 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 <laughs> 
I thought you said dick at first, and I was like, what? I thought, the cheering, would, I thought the cheering section would help me. Nick, Nick, Nick. Well, so what the voice tells him you is... You way uh, more fun when you're drunk. <laughs> what the voice tells him is that the next person to enter the church should be the bishop. So God's, like, giving him a message, like this other bishop guy, he's getting a message from God, being, like, the next guy to enter is going to be the bishop of Myra. So, of course, our, uh, our good boy, Nicky, comes to pray, and voila, he's going to be the new bishop. They're like, man, you walked in that door. What if he doesn't want to be bishop? Well, that's the thing. So he shows up, and they're like, hey, you're going to be the new bishop. And he's like, I don't know if I'm qualified. And they're like, too bad, God chose you. you. And he's like, to be a I was going to say, what qualifies for a bishop? Just being a real good Christian boy. Well, Do you he look is. good in uh, you know tall hats and fun robes? Yeah, but I feel like he just didn't. He wasn't. He wasn't. Confident. He didn't want himself out there. He wasn't either. confident about his goodness. So yeah, so they're like, well, God chose you, so it's too bad. And he's like, well, I guess. Um, so he then becomes the bishop, and he's like a very passionate defender of Christianity. As I already mentioned, we're still in the pre-Christian Roman Empire, so like it's pretty dangerous to actually be Christian at this time. So he's like really out there defending Christianity, which is. Like, crazy. Yeah. Um, at this time, people who don't renounce Christianity could still be executed. Um, and Nicholas himself supposedly spent, like, a bunch of time in prison and was tortured during uh, the Great Persecution, which was carried out by Emperor Diocletian. Oh, wow. Fun names. So Diocletian, like Emperor Nero, was one of the worst emperors towards Christians, and he was like, uh, kill those boys, and so a lot of the boys got killed, and also the girls. Oh, I wish I could I kill know. the boys. How do you know you're pronouncing that right? Just, just a question. Just hear other people say it. Okay. Diocletian. Sure. I actually knew that one, so that was safe. Um, and then early sources actually don't really, like, mention him being in prison as far as I know, so that's something that may have been added in later, just, like, make him cooler, because, like, if you want, like, if you got a saint that was around at this time... It's pretty uncool if he didn't suffer, like, during the persecution, you know? You gotta, like... I mean, that really sucks, though. Yeah. I mean, it sucks to have to suffer. Yeah, but if you didn't, it's like, is, he, sure really, is he really even a saint? So, it may it may have happened, it may not have happened, but regardless, it's part of the lore. So, and then after Diocletian is no longer emperor, um, there are some wars, and they're like, who's gonna be the emperor? And they're, like, fighting each other, and that's when Emperor Constantine comes to power, and this is gonna answer your question, Kai. So, Emperor Constantine, well, he's not emperor at this time, so just regular boy Constantine is trying to become emperor, he's fighting some wars, he's doing a little battle, and while he's at one of these battles, um, he supposedly sees, like, a Christian cross or, like, another Christian symbol in the sky, and he's like, wow! And so he tells all of his boys to paint that on their shield. Um, and then they go into battle, and he wins this crucial battle, and, like, eventually he becomes emperor. And so because he sees it as, like, he saw this Christian symbol, and then that Christian symbol, like, led him to victory, he actually converts. Dude, I wish I could see funny oh, stuff in the clouds okay. and be like, Me yeah, too. that's, like, my life. Yeah, so he wins this battle. He himself becomes a Christian. So... So Constantine's to blame, because, I don't know, man, the, the Roman gods were pretty chill. Yeah, so Constantine finally ends the Christian persecution in 313 with the Edict of Milan. And um, after this, like, being a Christian's, like, fine. Like, everyone's cool about it. So, it ends up being, I, he's not, he's not so being, basically, like, they should come out of the closet. Yeah. I'm a closet Christian. I kind of had a feeling. Um, and, uh, so then, uh, this is getting, like, really into history, which is, like, it's fine, like but, like, whole idea of well, podcast. yeah, but, like, this is getting, like, really into, like, specific events. Um, I don't know if you know about this, Kai, but the Council of Nicaea? 
I've heard of it. Okay. No. So this was, the Council of Nicaea was like, because now that Rome is going to be Christian and like, it's fine. Like, because once Constantine converts, he's like, everybody be Christian. Everybody clap your hands. So we really do a whole 180 there on the religion thing. Right. Um, so after like everyone, or like most people are like at least nominally Christian, they're like, well, now we got to make some decisions because it turns out that the Bible is a little bit confusing and there are some things that we're just not sure about. So we got to come together and like decide once and for all what we're going to believe on some topics. So they call this council the Council of Nicaea and Nick was supposedly an attendee of this council and the council itself is real and he very well could have been there. Um, one of the things that they're going to debate and this is like really, 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 really um, like, infinitesimally important. It is very important, yet also, like, very, very specific. Really? So I'm going to try to explain it. But, so, obviously, like, we all have, like, nominally Christian backgrounds, um, as in the three of us, which is cool, because there's three of us oh, about wait, to be about three. Guess. What? Is this when they try to decide whether or not God and Jesus are the same, or if they're different? Yeah. Oh, I so, knew it! I well, knew that's it. the thing. So they're going to debate the Pat Trinity. The back. They're going to debate the Trinity, and their thing is, okay, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, are they made of a similar substance or of the same substance? Which is a weird way of basically saying, is it, like, is is Jesus actually God? And the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Also, is the Holy Spirit also God? Or are they, like, of the same thing, but sort of separate? In which case, I think in that case, Jesus is, like slightly less important than God because obviously if you have two gods then you're not monotheistic so it's like Jesus is like a little bit more human in that view maybe um well, and I mean, he is the son of God so yeah he so is he's more. so we're he's the son of God. God and he is a human not you dick we're all the children of God not him uh, not Kai um yeah so the question is very very specific but like it is kind of important to the way they believe and so nick is a big proponent of what actually comes to pass which is that they're all the same so the father the son and the holy spirit are all three ways of understanding one thing they're all pals in the same pal so they're actually upon as a good thing or a bad thing yeah i mean like if you were to go to a catholic church today the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all actually one thing. So, like, God is both the Son of... Or, sorry, Jesus is both the Son of God and actually also God. See, I would not like to be That's the Son of myself. Um, but, yeah. So, basically, the Trinity, it's, like, three factors of one whole. Okay. So, but they're, so they're debating this. They don't know what they're going to decide. We know that they're going to decide that it is one whole. Um, but at the time, they're getting heated. They're getting rowdy in the Council of Nicaea. In fact, it actually gets so rowdy... And Nick is arguing so hard that he's arguing with a boy and he just stands up, just very calm. I don't know if it was very calm. He gets up and he sets his book down or something, walks up to this boy and just slaps him. Oh, bitch slapped. So I think slapping people should be a new Christmas tradition. Please don't hit me when you wake up Christmas. (laughs) Merry Christmas! No, that's how you should wake us up. Ooh! I have natural defenses. (laughs) What would that be? You can't ass get room. in my room. Is, is I'm getting your room. Gross. If if she got to slap you, I feel like she would. I would make my way. Um, <laughs> the other thing is, is that during this council, there's another weird story where like he's at the council and he just like falls asleep at one point. And sleepy Nick. Yeah, you know, sleepy slappy Nick at this council. So he falls asleep and everyone just like keeps debating. They're like la da 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 da. And while he's asleep, he like dreams that he's on a boat and they're like, no, we're all gonna die. And so. 
he like saves the boat. Honestly, I didn't get really into this story either, but he like saves all the people on the boat. And they're like, wow, that's so baller. And then he like comes back, he like wakes up, and it turns out like this whole thing happened. And like he was really there and he really saved the boat, but he was also at the Council of Nicaea and he wakes up and they're like and and they're like, Oh, like Nick, you missed so much because you were asleep. We were debating, we like made a big decision. And he says, like, yeah, like we but like we saved the ship and all its crew. And he's being literal, like he literally saved a ship while he like astral projected to it. That's cool. As but I was just gonna but, say, did he teleport? But that's the thing, is it like but they think that he means like the ship is like the church and the crew is like its parishioners. Uh, so, so they're talking about two different things. So like they think that like because they because while he was asleep, um, they were like making this big decision, and so they think that like he's waking up to it and just saying like oh like we like we did it like even if I wasn't awake like we saved the church, but he's actually saying like no no I saved a ship. So to sum up, there was some astral projection. I wish I could astral project because he was both at the council and on the boat. I'm think about boat. it. You could live two lives. Almost at once. I mean, you can only be in one place, though. Like, like you're in two places, but only one of them is actually doing something. Because he was sleeping in the True, council. True, the other one. Some more miracles that he does. So, here's a fun miracle. Um, there's a butcher. Now, this is our murder story. I promise there was a little bit of murder in this. There's not a lot of murder. It's pretty you know light. Me, I love a good murder. This is pretty light murder. Yeah, so the evil butcher. So the story is that there are three kids, and um, they're, like, little boys, you know, they're, like, running around. It's, like, the 70s. Like, you can just leave your parents' house, and, like, you know, like, they're going to come back, because, like, everyone's safe. It's fine. Wait, like, 1970s? Yeah, it's, like, the set, like, the idea of the okay. 70s. Like, you know, I was like, in the 70s. Like, you know, like, how today, like, if your kid just, like, ran away, you'd be like, what are you doing? Whereas back then, it was like, they're on their bikes, they're going to the park, who cares? True, true. So these, these three kids, they're just, like, running around, having a fun time. They end up in town. They lose track of time. And so they go to their, like, local butcher man. And they're like, hey, butcher, like, it's pretty late. And we're super tired because we've been running all day. And it's kind of, like, like just late night. So we were wondering, like, could you give us a little food for some energy? And maybe, like, could we chill here? And then we'll just run home tomorrow. And they're, like, it's, like, their town. You're, like, they're, like, local. They think it's fine. I mean, that is an odd request in and of itself. Yeah, but, like, they're they're thinking, like, you know, it takes a village to raise kids. They I'm, think... First off, I never had a local butcher. <laughs> no. Second off, I would never butcher. say, yo, can I sleep here after you give me some meat? The butcher's like, yeah, 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 come in. It's, like, fine. Like, it's cool. And then immediately he, like, cuts them up and they're dead. So three kids. Did he put them in the butcher shop? Well, that's the thing. So then he decides to, like, put them in a barrel and cure them as meat. Because he's like, I'm going to sell these kids. I mean, don't waste. That's prime meat. Right, don't waste. People probably won't know. They're eating, like, garbage anyway, so. It's like the past. Everything kind of tasted terrible. Do you some of the meat you get? Kids, I hope probably. So. Yeah, so he kills them. He's, like, going to cure them. It's all fine. They're in the barrel. And so the parents are like, wow, what happened to our kids? I guess, like, the next day. They didn't seem that worried the night before or whatever. It's the past. And so they're like, oh, our kids are gone. And they're, like, missing. Maybe they're dead. They don't know what's happening. They don't have evidence. They don't have evidence of what happened. They just know their kids aren't coming back. So they stressed about it. And Nikki, once again, like, doing his little travels, is passing through. And he visits with this butcher, and he's like, mm, this doesn't seem right. Because he's, he's so good that he just must, like, sense bad. And so he senses this badness, and he's like, Ooh, That would be a good superpower. I just want to go and sense no, bad. No, would it? That would suck. Just You'd walk through, like, New York and be like, wow, this place is just dirty. <laughs> this place is just garbage. Everyone here sucks. 
Um, I don't know. I think it would be kind of So cool. he senses the badness of the butcher, and so he's like, let me see that barrel over there. I don't know how he picks the right one. He just knew. God just oh, pointed him. Oh, he did pick him. the right one? God just pointed him in the right direction. He's like, open up that barrel. So the butcher apparently, like, isn't worried. He just opens up the barrel, and then our boy Nicky, he does the little sign of the cross on his body, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, back to that Trinity, baby, and uh, out pops three whole kids. So, it was only sort of murder, because now they're unmurdered. I was gonna say, he pops out alive? Yeah, all three kids just poppity-pop. That is one hell of a magician trick. So, God just saw through him, and he did a miracle. So, that's a miracle. That's the evil butcher. Do you think they came they come back cured? exactly correct? What if somebody just, like, got the other one's leg or something, and they're like, this doesn't match? Yeah, but do you know, do you ever watch... Uh, Pet cemetery. Nope. They come back, but they come back a little different, and they're a little murderous when they come back. Nah, these ones are brought back by God, so God brings them back. Okay, right. good point. Good point. Point taken. God's seen them through. He's a real okay. homie. I agree with you now. It seems like he saved a lot. Yeah, so he just. He I give just, him sainthood. He's just a nice guy. He's just your friendly neighborhood Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Do we have a friendly neighborhood Nick? We could change Kai's name, make him a friendly neighbor. He ain't friendly or neighborly, or, na- friendly or, neighborly or anything. We're getting into the death of Santa. Santa's dead. No, he doesn't die. So Santa does a bunch of whole, th- or not Santa, but like Saint Nick does a bunch of things. I don't really have time to get into like everything he did. Um, but he helps save Myra from a famine. Uh, that's pretty cool. Like that's like. There's a whole story there that I'm just not going to get into. Um, but he helps save them from a famine, and then he's like, "Welp." Seems like enough for me. And by this point, he's like 73 years old. And so on maybe December 6th, uh, the year 343, he dies. He's like, it's time to be done. You crushed my little heart when you told me he dies. Well, Santa's dead. And we killed him. Just Shut like God. Up. Santa is you immortal. Philosophical hoe. If you Santa can't, is immortal, so shut your if you pie can't hole over quote there. Nietzsche, but about Santa instead of but God. That's the only quote you ever oh, yeah. do. Oh, I never quote anything else. Nietzsche said just that one. But yeah, so I say it all the time. But yeah, so he actually dies before like the church is so well established that you actually have to be canonized as a saint. Because like these days, and even like in the past, for like most of the christian history like you you die and then some at some point later you're like put forth as like a candidate basically to be a saint and then first you're like beatified and then you're canonized what's beatified i don't even know if i said it right but it's like it's like the first step to being fully canonized and then when you're canonized you're made a saint and like, like being put on the ballot but then being canonized being elected i think technically a person can be beatified but not be a saint, and it's like, it's like you're better than a regular human, and they might have, like, a real title, like, like, sort of like you can be a saint. They might have, like, a word for what that is, but I don't know what it is. So if I can't be a saint, can I be beatified? beatified? I mean, you could try. You might have to be Catholic, You're but... Methodist. Crap. Yeah, I don't That's know. Stinky. I don't know that Methodists really get into that. Like, Anglicans, even some Lutherans, like, you could still slip by. I'm pretty sure Methodists aren't into that. Damn it! No. So, back stinky. it up. Just be Catholic. <laughs> Um, no, I'm not giving in. But, an- <laughs> but anyways, so he actually, like, he dies at a good time because the Catholic Church is, like, so young that they haven't actually put in place, like, the steps for canonization. So he, like, just basically becomes a saint. He sort of, like, slips through the cracks. He just, like, is a saint. There's no, like, process. So he dies and he's a saint. As far as I know. Well, that's not fair. 
Yeah, he just gets it easy. He's like he's like that kid that just like gets a full ride to Harvard because like, like his boomer. parents went there. He's like a boomer. They had never gone. Just like the perfect life and then like it all ends well. Yeah, so basically he just sort of slipped slipped right in there. So I have to perform miracles. Yeah, well he's Catholic. Technically he did perform multiple miracles. If you believe the story. He becomes the patron saint of children, which Ew. makes sense. Sailors, unmarried girls, merchants, pawnbrokers, the falsely accused, repentant thieves, and a bunch of cities. Okay, I'm just going to say I can see how every single one of those fit. Yeah. The sailors, the unmarried girls. Children, the merchants. Innocent. Yeah, the falsely yeah, accused. Literally all the fun people in the world. Pawnbrokers seems kind of weird. But I'm sure there's a story. I was going to say, you just didn't get the story. There, yeah, I'm sure there's a reason for why Pondburgers. But yeah, I was listening to another podcast that was also talking about Santa, and they made the point that, like, if you think about it, right out of the gates, you're hitting a home run on that one because everyone has been a child. So at that point, if you're the patron saint of children, like, you got everybody. Everyone's covered, but then also sailors, unmarried girls, merchants, like the falsely accused, repentant Again, thieves, all these cities. All of the fun people. Sailors, so like, unmarried girls. But like, girls. I guess the point, the point that this podcast was making that I was listening to is that like, you or someone you know might pray to St. Nicholas because if you're praying to somebody who's the patron of something important to you, or like, like something that you are... Like, that he covers so many people. You can understand why he would become a popular saint, because lots of people would be praying to him because of all of these things. And in fact, he was actually known after his death as St. Nicholas the Wonder Worker. And also, like I said, he was saint, like a patron saint of like a bunch of cities as well. So they would also really like him. So he's buried near Myra, which makes sense. Like, that's his place. It's his stomping ground. And he stays there, chilling, like dead, for a long time. Like, dead. Like, he's just chilling, but he's dead. Yeah, I, was, I was, like, dead. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then in the 10 hundreds, the, the Turks start, you know, actively moving into the place that will be Turkey. <laughs> Dude, they start just, like, banging. So, because, like, that was, like, that was, like, all, like, the Greeks for a long time. Like, St. Nick himself would have identified probably as Greek. But he was in Turkey. Or, like, we would have seen him as Greek. Cause, it's cause not Turkey really Turkey. Was, Call it Anatolia. Because what is today Turkey would have really been kind of part of, like, the Greek okay. lands. Um, gotcha. Which is why I'm saying, like, he's a Mediterranean a boy. So the Turks start moving into the area that will aptly one day be named Turkey. And uh, that's a problem, obviously, because they're Muslim. And the people there are like, merp. So because he was buried there... What does they're like mean? just merp, you know. Mm. Um, so they're like, we got to do a rescue mission for our boy Saint Nick, even though he's been dead for like seven hundred years. <clears throat> yeah, they can't leave him with Muslims if he's Catholic. No, That's so just wrong. So they want to do a rescue. Venice and also in another Italian city called Bari. I don't know if I'm saying it right. I don't care. Um, they're both like, we got to do a rescue. So in 1087, it seems like Bari gets there first, and probably most of his body was moved to this Italian city. Yeah, um, Most. Now, some people don't think he was actually moved from Bari. That's the confusion. Like, today, technically, Bari claims to have his body. Some people think he's still in, like, modern-day Turkey, like, where Myra would have been. Um, also, like, the thing about saints is that often, like, because their bodies are technically relics and you can pray to them, saints often get, like, pretty split up. 
Like somebody's like, I got like a they finger bone. Sell those fingers. I got a tooth. Oh, so if you got like the femur, <laughs> you're I golden. Want, I want his whole rib cage. My so like God. that's the thing. Yeah. So that's the thing. So a lot of saints get split up. So like, that's horrible. That's why I said most of him potentially was moved to the city. How can you rest in peace if you're? I want your finger bone when you die. There are loads of people who claim to have bones from Saint Nicholas. Um, in fact, I was reading. There's a there's a church. In Illinois, oh, of course it's Illinois, which is whack. Um, <laughs> that claims to have his, one of his leg bones. He's got and, the femur. And the funniest part of this is, is that they actually radiocarbon tested this bone, and yeah. technically it is from around the time of his death. So like, so it could be. It could be. Yeah. A lot of times. That's freaky. A lot of times, for a long time, people will claim to have the bones of. Um, saints or like even sometimes like people like loads of churches claim to have like a piece of wood from the original cross yeah, that, a piece of original cross oh, right. yeah or they have that, of, that covenant of the ark or whatever yeah it is. Ark of covenant. covenant. there you go but no so like like a lot like a lot of different churches claim to have part of the original cross to the point where you could make up like multiple crosses from the amount of wood that's actually claimed to be from that so, obviously, there's too much. Like, some of it's not. Too much wood. So, basically, their leg bone could be anything. So, the thing is, like, when they radiocarbon test a lot of supposedly, like, like relic bone kind of things, a lot of times they're not actually from the time period that they claim to yeah, be. Because at some point, some monk, like, found a bone and was like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if, like, people thought that we had, I don't know, like, the, like, the leg bone of St. Patrick? And so they're like, hey, it's the leg bone of St. Patrick. So they just start rumors, and basically. Then, well, I mean, I don't really know if it's that, like, malicious. Like, that was, that was me just but assuming. Just, but, but if they're putting it out there, like, I found a bone. It's the bone of St. Caden. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, Ooh, shut up. You know, um, and you are put, you are spreading false. Some of it, we I think most people can agree is probably not a hundred percent accurate. Okay, and we're just gonna go with that kind of statement. Um, but yeah, so that's why they were actually kind of shook when this bone in Illinois actually came up being like around the right time. They're like, ooh, like theory, theoretically, this isn't proven false. It is. Possible. Yeah, it's still it's still possible. Um, okay, okay. Even uh, New York City claimed to have some bones from Saint Nick. Some some I I said Nick relics, and then in parentheses I wrote relics. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. Unfortunately, it was called the Saint Nicholas Orthodox Church, and it was destroyed in the collapse of the World Trade Center, nine uh, eleven. Do so, Orthodox and Catholics gotcha. have different if, saints, or do they like? When the saint, when the Catholics like make a saint, the Orthodox are like okay. No, so what happens for the most part that I understand is that for a certain time before the schism that actually breaks up, um, schism. it's not schism, it's schism. The schism that breaks up the Orthodox from like Roman Catholicism. Um, prior to that, like Saint Nicholas is a saint for both because he happens way before that occurs. Mm. Once they split, I think from that point on they're like cool to make saints in their own way. So like. You saying Nikki when I was saying that, and you said Tsar Nicholas. His whole family are sainted, but in like Russian Orthodoxy. That's so they're not hell. Catholic saints. The Orthodox are so much cooler. But yeah, so if you thought a podcast about who Santa really was couldn't possibly reference nine eleven, there you go. I still managed to do it. I but so lost the sight of this the Santa. Here's the thing: we got the Duggars, we got nine eleven, but we didn't get Hitler. We're not gonna get Hitler. Actually, I could if I tried really hard. It's not in the notes, but I could try. 
Um, Seven degrees of Hitler. So, Santa, back to this whole thing. So, St. Nick, this is my sounds fake but okay slide in my notes. So, basically, there's this man. Um, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong because I'm sorry. He's Dutch. I think it's uh, Jona Lendering. I want to um, be named that. He is, like, a historian today. I think he's still alive. Um, sorry, Jona, if you're alive and you're listening. Um, so, he basically makes the point that in the 3rd century, which is when, like, he, so St. Nick was born in the 3rd century, like, the, the tail end of it. Um, in the 3rd century, there's a Greek author, Philostratus, and he mm-hmm. writes, he writes about um, a charismatic man called Apollonius. And Apollonius is boin, uh, boin, Apollonius. <laughs> <laughs> Apollonius just, it's just been a day, y'all. Apollonius is born in a similar region, um, so not too far from where Myra would have been. And um, basically, this guy, he is like, he's all about being like chaste, and he gives away his possessions, and he helps the impoverished, and he like helps to give a dowry to this the daughters of this guy who like isn't doing so hot. And he intervenes in a trial, and he saves somebody condemned to death. I don't see any relevance. So, so if you don't see where there's some parallels here, none. Um, also, he has the power of bilocation, That's bilocation, and bi-location. that is what I was saying with the astral projection thing, being two places at once. So suppose I so want that. so based on the story, obviously Apollonius probably couldn't do that. If he was a real person. But based on the story of his life, he had that power as well. I'm now, the mad. thing is, is that this story uh, about Apollonius being written by Philostratus is being written in the first part of the third century. So, like, the early, like, I don't, I didn't write down the date, and that was me a call, but, like, that was my fault. That's um, stupid. But I think it was, like, the 220s, maybe the 230s. Good days. And, um... St. Nick wasn't born until the 270s, which means that that has been written, and it's also had time to become popular. So, St. Nick, while a person that did exist, could very well have been somebody who just, like, was kind of a regularish person, like, did some decent things, got noticed, became a bishop, like, was it did enough to maybe be, like, important enough for sainthood, but then they combined his story with Apollonius's actions, because the thing is, is that Apollonius... They're both Greek, obviously. They're both from a similar region. But Apollonius as a figure and, like, Philostratus as the writer talking about him are both pagan. So they're still following, like, the Roman gods. And we know from lots of history that Christians like to take popular pagan things and then sort of repackage them as Christian things because they're familiar. So, like, the people back then, if they had known who Apollonius was and, like, liked the story... They could be like, but that was actually Saint Nick, and like you should, you like this guy's a saint, like he's gonna lead you to Jesus, and that helps to convert people who might have been on the fence. I'm a little disappointed that Saint Nick, in all that he did, had nothing to do with like giving something to a child. I wanted the toy aspect, and I thought like Saint Nick might be someone who traveled through his his local villages yeah. and gave something to the. Did kids he just wear a lot time. of red? No. The red thing has nothing to do with Santa Claus. What a Claus. dick. Um, but I yeah, know. so that's why, like, r- like realistically, it it's very possible that 
they took some of the things from someone else or like the story of someone else who, you know, may or may not have actually done some of those things. Gotcha. And they were just like, well, that's already popular. So we'll just give it to St. Nick. We'll just throw it on, heap it on. And then people will like that story and then they'll kind of follow him. So obviously there's some kind of question there about, uh, like, I mean, first of all, like things like astral projection, that's not happening at all. Basically, like, potentially that it was actually not him even originally being the story of doing all these things, let alone actually happening. Um, The other thing is is that, I don't know if you caught on to this, but the stories I told you, obviously the one about the girls is the most famous because it fits in with, like, the stockings. Okay. Um, But I picked those stories because they all have something really similar, which you might not have caught, but in all of those cases, he's dealing with three people. So three impoverished girls, so three kids, three dead boys, three soldiers. What does Santa have to do with number three? Nothing. But oh. Saint Nick, the Trinity. Yeah. So Saint Nick, it it doesn't it doesn't seem super coincidental that they potentially repackaged these stories about Apollonius, but then made all of the nice things that he did about helping three people because he was all about the Trinity. So gotcha. like that, there's like a connection there. So that was actually yeah, you were right on the money with that one. Um, it never happens. You got the Daily Double! <laughs> um, so then how does Saint Nick, who is now dead, become Santa? So basically this is horrendously complicated to explain. And honestly, I don't even fully understand it. Like, it's just there's so much that happens. Um, so here's like a pretty basic kind of pared down version. Because obviously the way that stories um, Evolve are like adapted and evolve is is hard to track. Um, but basically, like, from what I understand, um, like I said, his bones were moved probably into Italy, but also, like, loads of people claim that they have, like, a bone of his or, like, whatever. So once they're moved further into Europe, because by now, obviously, like, what is modern-day Turkey is, like, not really part of Christendom at this point. So they're moving further into Europe. Um, it kind of repopularizes him, because that happens in 1087, I believe, um, and so people, like, they knew about St. Nick, but, like, it wasn't, like, a big deal. And so once he moves further into Europe, um, because he's, like, the saint of, of like, the patron saint of children and, like, all these other people, it makes him a little bit more popular and you start to get, like, a rise in interest in him. Um, and at that point, he gifted money to those girls and, like, he was the patron saint of children and, like, some other things from his stories just, like, you get this whole thing about, like, on his Saint's Day, which is the 6th of December, which is, I think, why they think he died that day. I'm not positive. Um, and to be honest, there's not, like, I don't think conclusive evidence that he actually did die that day, because, you know, everything was written so much later. But that's the date that's given. Okay. Um, but that's his Saint's Day, uh, December 6th. And so, on that day, people decided they, they were going to give little gifts, either in shoes or in stockings. Um, so I don't know if you've ever participated in a St. Nicholas Day. I think I did at school once. And we put our shoe... We all lined out one you shoe. Did. Yeah, it was like in preschool. I believe it was. And we all lined up one shoe and then they stuck a little... It was like a little candy or something, nothing big. Um, so just a little gift, especially if you're like a poor European peasant person, like a little gift in your shoe, like once a year, it might be kind of nice if you're a kid. Do you know what? I think you guys used to do it at home too. I think we did it. Oh, that's fun. Just for a couple years... I remember, I think it was because one of you came home from school and said it. Probably. And you guys set your shoe out. 
Yeah. Weird. And then I think me and dad felt obligated. <laughs> yeah, because if you don't do it, okay. it really ruins So that's so that's the 6th of December. So to be honest, it has nothing to do with Christmas at this time. It is his saint's day. And because he's just associated with children and he like gave to the poor and stuff, it became a gift in your shoe or in your stocking. Um, and then as this kind of was um, like adapted in various places... Um, some areas even gave him a counterpart, like, he's the good guy, and then you have, like, the bad version of him, and that evolves into things like Krampus. Dude, I love Krampus. And they would often hold, like... I was thinking the Grinch. Well, not really the Grinch so much, but, I mean, a similar idea. Um, and that... the Grinch have a lot in common. That person... (laughs) Me or you? All of us. We are all the Grinch. Grinches. I honestly, yeah, I kind of relate to the Grinch. Um... No, it'd be edgy. But, like, Krampus and, like, those kind of, like, the bad figure that... Okay. Is a, a, a like I'm kind Cindy of, Lou. <sighs> cut that. Um, um. So, so Saint Nick as the good, and then like his counterpart in whatever capacity that is, the bad person would often carry like a switch or something to like make children behave, so like, you could just smack them. Um. So that Sounds was like how that was how as you know a medieval adult parent person you'd be like, hey kids, behave or else Krampus is gonna whack you. There you go. So that's how you get them to be good. Um, and they have to say their prayers and stuff, because, like, it's still a religious. Um, so that's how, like, those kind of, like, Krampus kind of figures evolve as well. And then some places stopped this altogether once the Reformation happens. Obviously, the Reformation breaking away from Catholicism. Um, and the more you break away, the less interested you are in saints at all. So, like, Lutherans, I believe, they don't believe in, like, praying to saints, but I don't think they necessarily, like, throw saints out entirely. The more reformed you get, the more you throw saints out with the bathwater. And so, as a result, a lot of Catholics, like, buckle down even harder because they're like, you're not going to take our saints from us. So, uh, okay. places like the Netherlands, and, like, I think there's, I'm not sure if it's Amsterdam, but, like, one of the cities in the Netherlands, I think he's a patron saint of one of the cities. But anyway, so people, the Catholics in the Netherlands, for instance, like, buckled down. They're like, no, you're not gonna take our saints, and they really liked Saint Nicholas. Like, that was one of the saints that they liked the most. Um, so that became a big deal, and, uh, when you think about it, then America, like, we move into the New World, and a lot of Dutch people, uh, settle in New York, which used to be New Amsterdam. So suddenly, there are a lot of Catholics in New York who, again, are, like, because they are coming from the Netherlands and they're, like, they feel a tie to, like, their Dutch heritage, they really want to hold on to St. Nicholas. And they, uh, call him Sinterklaas, which is where we're gonna get closer to Santa. Sinterklaas is actually a way of saying St. Nicholas, and it's, like, Sinter obviously being, like, saint, and then Claus being, like, Colas. From Col- Nicholas, like Colas, the just like the second half, it just becomes okay. Sinterklaas. Okay, oh. I can kind of see that. So that's how that actually happens. So we're moving closer to what will become Santa Claus, and so he becomes Sinterklaas becomes an important figure in America. Uh, then of course there's like commercialization around the holidays. So like the fact that Christmas is becoming oh, bigger. Capitalism. So yeah. So but honestly, Santa's Santa's capitalist. <laughs> So as, dirty dog. as Christmas in general and the holidays are becoming bigger, um, Sinterklaas, whose holiday is at the beginning of December, starts to become a little bit more associated with Christmas rather than his own Saints Day, okay. which is kind of weird. Um, but basically, like, this was important because it kept Sinterklaas relevant because that's what they really wanted. 
And also, Christmas at this time, like, if you were celebrating Christmas, you were either doing it in, like, an intensely religious way to the point where, like, it wasn't even fun, or you were basically doing, like, drunken Saturnalia and just calling it a Christian holiday. Nice. Like, people, people were getting, like, lit. It really was litmus. <laughs> okay. Litmus. Um, so people were partying on Christmas. Like, they were, like, you know, like, hard. like Jesus is born, and so we are gonna party. We're gonna get drunk. So Christmas almost had like a bad reputation because people would get down like too hard. Get down with your bad stuff. Um, and so putting like Santa Claus, Sinterklaas, um, associating him with the holiday almost made it more family friendly because he is like about children and stuff. Okay. So it was almost like calming down the holiday a little bit. So it's not obviously, like I said, it's not his actual saints day but he just sort of it, because in that season and because they wanted to cool down the heat of christmas they wanted to they wanted to stop the partying yeah so they they kind of merged them a little bit and then in 1822 uh clement clark moore writes um it had a different name in the beginning but it, it becomes the night before christmas obviously we all know that um and it gives rise that's like the first time that we ever describe a santa who's like Plump and jolly, and like he's an elf, and like I'm yeah, plump and jolly. So and where like, the reindeer come from? Yeah, so he has a sleigh that has eight reindeer. So that's where like that whole story comes from. It's just a guy, and he actually wrote it for his kids at first. He didn't think it was going to become a big thing, so he was just kind of like spitballing some fun ideas. And then little it became, did he know, yeah, it became this huge thing. Um, the poem does leave a lot out, so. We don't... It doesn't describe what he wears, really. Um, it does... I Nothing. Think, I think it might mention size, but to be honest, people weren't too fussed about what he said about size. So, like, you would have Santas who were really skinny, you'd have Santas who were really tall, you'd have Santas who were short, you'd have Santas who were fat. Like, it didn't matter. Oh, he's gotta be plump. In one case, they actually have a Santa who doesn't look anything like our Santa. He actually looks like George Washington riding a broomstick. That's awesome holy and crap i actually thought it was so important that to funny i thought this topic was so important that i actually found the photo that was being discussed so i will post this online i'm gonna show it to my family now so that is santa claus santa claus except it doesn't look anything like santa claus and he's riding a broomstick and he has like angel Who's the woman with him that either it's Martha. just either it's just his his bow or it looks like something from um, Harry Potter with the it's broomstick. Wild. The broomstick also has like angel wings on it, which is I so black. So I will that's post. The, that's the golden snitch. So I will post this online, but it's a weird photo, and it does honestly look like George Washington riding a broomstick. It does. But that I is agree. supposed to be Santa. That's so cool. So it's a pretty whack image. I would never think that of Santa. My no. Santa is the fat, short. He also has man. like. I think he has, like, facial hair, and it looks kind of funny, because he's got, like, a little, like, mustache and, and like, a little goatee, I think. I Either that or... They're not connected. Either it's, that it's or like the little... line work. Yeah. They're not connected at all. But either that or the line work is just not very good, but yeah. it's a weird image. It <laughs> is a weird image. So I'll post that online um, so people can actually see it. Um, and then what happens then is that there's a man called Thomas Nast, and he's a political cartoonist. And he creates, um, for lack of a better term, because it's not necessarily just him, but, like, we're going to kind of pare it down a bit. So he's quite important. So he kind of helps to establish this image of the plump Santa in his red suit. 
Um, he actually started drawing Santa not because he was really into the holiday spirit. He was actually um, doing this during the American Civil War. Uh, he wasn't born in America, but he had moved here when he was young. And he was a really staunch abolitionist. He hated segregation. He obviously, like, wanted for slavery to be over. He was... Dog bless. Um, he was aggressively pro-union. And so he was a political art- political cartoonist, and he um, would draw, like, in general, just cartoons about the Civil War. But in one cartoon, he actually draws um, a man who is Santa um, visiting the Union troops. And in the back of the image, it says, Welcome Santa Claus. That's, you know, obviously they're calling him by that name at this point. He is, in the back, you can kind of see that he is in his sleigh and that there are reindeer pulling it. You gotta it. wonder why he did that, though. I like, will why post... make him a... So I'm gonna show, I'm gonna show my family this image, and again, Jolly you're gonna see this. Jolly old elf with the sleigh. You're gonna see him, um, you're gonna be able to see this image online if you, like, I'll post that as well. Um, but you can see in the background, like, it's, it does say, like, Welcome Santa Claus. And the thing is... And is that's that, him right there, right? Yeah. Okay, just make um, sure I'm looking at the right person. Yes. Yeah, so he did this... Um, basically because he wanted to show that Santa was visiting the Union soldiers because he was trying to show that, like, um, Santa as, like, a figure of, like, of goodness was visiting the Union and not the Confederacy. Um, so it, it was definitely a statement. Um, it's funny because Thomas Nast, who did this drawing, like I said, he, um, he also creates the idea, because at the time, obviously, the people who were anti-slavery were Republicans, and the people who were pro-slavery generally were Democrats, uh, which is confusing because the parties have switched, but that's irrelevant. I was going to say. The parties have very much switched. It should have been the opposite. Um, But he's actually the political cartoonist who made it so that Republicans were elephants and Democrats were donkeys. Like, he creates that. Oh, okay. So he's the one who establishes that as well. I just want to know why he picked a a fat man. So he, uh, he was basically creating... He was using Santa as a tool for propaganda. I love propaganda. Which is kind of funny. Um, and General Ulysses S. Grant, who would become the president, of course, um, he says that Thomas Nass, quote, did as much as any one man to preserve the Union and bring the end, or bring the war to an end. Um, so, like, this political cartoonist who is using Santa as a tool is someone who, you know, the general of the Union Army was saying was integral to the success Santa of the cause. Santa would be a tool. Well, Santa would also probably be pro-union, so... Go was, Santa. Was he really wrong? Dude, Santa might be a raging racist. I don't... I hope not. Um, he's European. And then... I mean, I mean, he's, like, Turkish-Greek. That's true. Um, He's not white, if that's... I mean, he's, like, not... He's Mediterranean. He's... Yeah, he's white, but, like, he's also like Italian, not white. Italian, basically. He's, like... He's, like, hitting into, like, a little bit of Middle Eastern, almost. Like, in the sense that, like, Turkey is sort of somehow both Middle East and not Middle East. Yeah, but he's not Turkish. But he was from Turkey. But he's Greek. He's not of the Turkish culture, because the Turks aren't there yet. Yeah, but didn't they still kind of look similar? I don't know. No, the Turks are from the steppe. Okay, I don't know. I don't actually know that much about, like, the the migration of actual looks. Anyways, um, so then there's another image that Thomas Nast makes later, because the one I showed you was, like, his first one of Santa, uh, anyways. He creates one later in 1881, so the war is over. Uh, this one's in color, which is important because obviously, like I said, he's the one who makes like the red well, I didn't that outfit. Yet. Um, Do you know why it's red? No, really, no. Okay, I wasn't sure if that's um, why I did. 
but in 1881, he creates an image. It's called Merry Old Santa Claus. And it's a pretty, like, happy image. Like, it doesn't look like much from the outset. I'm going to hand it to you. Again, like I said, these will all be posted online. Um, if you look at it, it just looks like pretty happy picture. But actually, it's propaganda related to the government's indecisiveness for paying, uh, like, higher wages to the military. So if you like look it. at it, so if you look at it closely, I, I don't know if you actually want to hand it away. Um, if you look at it closely, he's not carrying a like a sack of gifts. Nope. He's actually got an army backpack. Yes. Um, he's whole. He's got like a dress sword kind of near his hip. Yep. Um, like that's obviously to represent the army again. He's ca- he's carrying a horse, a toy horse. It's kind of hard to see. Um, but he's got a toy horse. In present state, I can't find it. It's it's just like bright white, so it's kind of hard to see. Um, oh, I see. It. Yeah, yes, it's yes, hard yes. to get. And that's meant to represent the Trojan horse, which apparently, this is from the, the like the guy who actually broke this all down, so I'm not sure how true this is, but it's meant to symbolize the treachery of the government, like a whole Trojan horse thing, that there's like something sneaky happening underneath. Um, and then he also has a pocket watch, which shows the time of 10 minutes to midnight, which indicates that the, uh, the Senate has very little time left to make a decision on fair wages for the, the army. Like, oh, okay. like, there's, like, a time limit now. Like, they're pressed. Gotcha. And then Santa, um, has appeared in almost every single Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which began in 1924, so I, you know, the 19- Almost? I don't know. In the very beginning, I'm not positive that he did every single one. I didn't really deep dive into this because I didn't really need to know which years he didn't attend. But if the if the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade started in 1924, like by the 1920s, Santa was obviously big enough that Macy's was, you know, keying in on that as well. I mean, he always ends the parade. Capitalism, so you have him. capitalism, baby, get him in there. Uh, and then he becomes an important face of the Coca Cola Company in 1931 That's when they true. include him. That's a lot true. of people actually think that Santa as a figure was basically created by coca-cola not like created but like popularized oh definitely he definitely like didn't like he wasn't their creation um but yeah when he starts being in their marketing like that was so they didn't make santa but they kind of made him known yes i agree um so that starts in about 1931 um at this point because he's gotten really big in america he basically reverse migrates back to Europe. Nice. Because obviously he starts there, and then he ends up in America. He gets bigger as Santa Claus, not as like Saint Nick or Sinterklaas or anything. When he goes back to Europe, is he Santa Claus or is he? Yeah, Saint Nick so that's again? the thing. So that's like now that Santa Claus is a big deal, and like he's this jolly guy who brings you gifts on Christmas, and like that's all been kind of made into what we know him as Santa Claus because it's so popularized here. Um, it does end up migrating back to Europe. And can I bring Hitler into this discussion? I can sure try, because uh, when the Second World War occurs, which was started, you know, by Hitler, or, you know, no. made made into a big issue by Hitler. No, so it was started by the Japanese. Invading Poland, baby. Invade China. <laughs> I like the claps. You didn't like invade they were necessary. No, but the Japanese started World War II. Uh, well, we're talking about Hitler right now. So, um... So, because of World War II and the, like, American GIs uh, who were over there talking about, obviously, their Christmas traditions and, and all that, it does, like, the reverse migration could have started prior to that, but obviously when you have a huge influx of Americans in Europe for a decent amount of time, 
it definitely, like, speeds up the process of making Santa, like, a thing that people are, like, aware of. And so then a lot of European people are like, oh, Santa's pretty cool. So a lot of places do accept Santa. And then there are some places in Europe that actually are trying to fight the Santa effect, like, still to this day, because they have their own tradition. So, like, the Netherlands and Sinterklaas, like, they have... So they don't want Santa. Yeah, because they, like, we Damn. we took their Sinterklaas and then... Made it better. And it. then adapted it into something different, like, something totally separate. They don't want him. And so they're saying, basically, that we already have, like, a winter gift giver. Like, they... They ain't Santa Claus. And there are lots of other... You can keep them. Like, there are other places that don't do, like, Sinterklaas, but they do something else. So, like, uh, Russia has their own winter gift giver person, like, that has a Stalin. tradition. Not Stalin. Actually, Stalin tried to stop it. And they Dirty didn't, commie. They didn't like that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, lots of different places have their own version of somebody in the winter season who gives you gifts or, like, little presents or whatever that is. And so, some places still to this day, now that Santa especially is so globalized, are trying to be like, don't bring Santa here. We actually want to keep our traditions alive. Um, so, that's that kind of interesting. Understand. Don't commercialize it. Make it, like, what it... And then this is actually a really weird place for me to end, but I got really sucked into this one thing, and this is kind of the last bit because we've talked about, like, how Santa is now, but I got in sucked into this topic of, like, Santa is literally so pervasive that the government tracks his progress at on, on Christmas Eve. So, uh, NORAD, which is um, kind of, like, about aeronautics in America actually, which is, again, like a branch of the military, or like a type, like a part of the military. Uh, Not a branch, but you know what I mean. Um, He, like, NORAD tracks Santa's progress all night, and it actually started kind of by accident. I guess they, like, mislisted, like, a phone number that you could call to, like, find out about Santa, and it accidentally went, like, directly to NORAD. (laughs) And the guy who was, like, manning the phone at first, like, like, the first call or two, like, did not know what was happening, and then by, like, the 10th call was, like, I guess I gotta play along, and so it became a thing, and so now they claim that it is, like, their way of, um, connecting with the public, which, like, for better or worse, whatever you think about the military, like, like, it's interesting that they're trying to connect to the public in this way, so they claim... Uh, that they have their North Warning System, which is used to track Santa, and they claim, like, they, they state kind of outright that no one except Santa knows his exact path, but using their tracking system can kind of follow his general progress, um, and that they can apparently, uh, like, hone in on Rudolph's nose because it's emitting light. Because it glows. So they have, like, a whole story for how they're able to track him. Um, they've put a lot of effort into this. Last year alone, they fielded 140,000 calls on Christmas Eve. All from little kids. So, yeah, so you can call into NORAD, which seems like a lot of work, because not only, because, like, you can track it online, so you can, can you watch it. Can you number so I can call? Yeah. I've never called it. So you can track it online, but you can also call into them, which is interesting. I call them every Wednesday. And <laughs> just, what's happening <laughs> with Santa? He's still at the North Pole. Um... Just and so the phone lines are mostly operated. It's some staff that operate. So I'm going to say if you're going to commit like an aerospace uh, crime. like crime in America, this might actually be the time to do it. But it's only partially staffed by real staff members. And then there's a lot of volunteers as well. Do you think they're say- they say they're elves? Maybe. I don't know. I've never called. I think we need to call. <laughs> we need to. <laughs> I think everybody who's listening to this needs to call. Call into NORAD. And just see 
what it is they say. Even if you're in New Zealand, just call America's, like, NORAD, it's fine. Is it a 1-800 number? I have no idea. There you go. 1-800! Um, and so, like I said, it's, it's staffed largely by volunteers that evening, so there are a lot of famous people who have <gasps> decided... I mean, these aren't that exciting. They're all politicians, actually. Damn it. But, uh... But there are some famous people who have volunteered to answer the phones. Uh, Barack and Michelle Obama have done NORAD phone answering. Justin Trudeau in Canada, obviously, is part of, you know, North America in general, has done it. Um, Donald and Melania Trump have both done it. Uh, <laughs> last year... Hello. Would you like of- Cinto? <laughs> some, some people might remember this story last year uh, that went quite viral, like, the day after Christmas, um, Trump actually, on one of these phone calls through NORAD, answered and asked a seven-year-old girl if she still believed in Santa, saying that at that age, it's, quote-unquote, marginal. Hey, my kids <laughs> believe longer than seven. Yeah. He, like, got on the phone with a little girl, and she's, like, he's, like, talking to her, like, asking about her age. She's, like, oh. yeah, I'm seven. He's, like, oh, do you still believe in Santa? Because isn't, isn't it kind of marginal by that age? And oh, she was, like, he's horrible. Yes. He's horrible. And then that story made the news, and it was, like, a big deal that he, like, basically implied to a little girl that Santa wasn't real. That's terrible. So that was on a, uh, that was on a NORAD call uh, when he was volunteering, technically. Uh, but they have done it. They've done it um, the last two Christmases. Like, you know, at we least they're trying. Call. Yeah. I hope I, I hope I get through to Don. Please get me the number. The DJ. Um, and uh, last year, actually, this was really interesting to me. Last year, this thing went through. Like, obviously, that was when Donald made that faux pas. But last year, this campaign actually continued, despite the fact that at this point, like at Christmas time, the government was shut down for anything non-essential. You obviously, remember, like parks and all that. Yeah. So obviously, NORAD itself. I assume. I mean, I don't know that much about NORAD, but like, I assume if it's aerospace, it's essential. But I would think that tracking Santa probably isn't super essential, but it's so, like, Santa is so ingrained in our society and so important that not only does the government partake, but they also continue doing it during a government shutdown. A lot of volunteers, though, you said. Yeah, but also there are staff who are doing it as well. Yeah. So it is effort. Maybe just think, you know, they gotta make little kids happy. But it's just so, like, it. yeah, exactly. It's just become such an important part of our culture and, like, the way that we view Christmas, that to not do it would have been a big deal. So they continued to do you. it. I which is, you. I thought that was really, because I didn't, I didn't remember that at this time last year the government was still in shutdown. So I thought it was interesting that they deemed that somehow essential. Yeah, I don't remember when exactly the shutdown happened or when it lifted. Honestly, we've been shut down so many times. Yeah, I just, um, I gave up. And then I learned, too, that for the last two years, you can actually ask Alexa to give you real-time NORAD updates on his movements. You can track it online. So you can see where he's flying but if you're But if you're lazy and you don't want to be on the website, you can just ask Alexa throughout the evening where he is. And so I have not tried this, especially because it's not Christmas Eve. Um, so I don't know if this actually is true, but from what I was searching, if you have an Amazon device, you have to enable the NORAD Track Santa app. And then you say, Alexa, ask NORAD Track Santa, where's Santa? And if you have Google, you simply say, hey, Google, where is Santa? And either of those programs will tell you in apparently real time what Santa is up to. Okay. You have have Google over there. So now now we're going to have something to do on Christmas Eve. Oh, okay, Google. And not now. Where is Santa? 
What'd she say? Nothing. Try again. What? A- <sighs> I don't. I don't know that it'll work. Okay, Google. Where is Santa? This time of year, Santa's usually double-checking his list. If you want a full scoop, just ask what's happening at the North Pole. Okay, Google. What's happening in the North Pole? <laughs> Holy crap. What's happening in the North Pole? We got a paragraph. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I got two paragraphs for you. Sure, dramatic reading. Okay. Christmas tree emoji. You're listening to the North Pole's newscast on Elf Radio. This is <laughs> Dimple Sticks live <laughs> from the newsroom. Just five days until Christmas. Okay, let's do traffic and weather. There is no traffic, because this is the North Pole. And weather, let's see. I'm looking out the window. It's really dark and cold out there. It's a good day to stay in, stay at your cozy workbench by the fireplace. Fire emoji. Speaking of fireplaces, did you know that the Google Assistant can make fireplace sounds? Really? What? We're learning all kinds of things of today. Of course it can. Just say, okay, Google fireplace sounds. Oh, oh no, you did it. Oh, no! Can you some crackles? That's dope as fuck! Holy crap! <laughs> Amazing! It's an hour-long fire crackle. I mean, fire I just, crackle? I just use YouTube for that. You said it was. Fun. I'm not fancy, dude. I love my life. You love your phone. And oh. anyways, on that note, actually, NORAD is literally where I ended this. It was technically should have ended just at like, and now Santa's worldwide. But then I got so invested in his NORAD thing that I had to look more into it. Well, see, now you know that, hey, Google will set it off. So I wanted all these parents who may or may not be listening to the podcast to know that if they have an Amazon or Google device, they can be tracking in real time what happens with Santa. Screw you, Abby. Including to track it this year. Yeah. Apparently today you can also track, but it just says the North Pole. He's checking his He's list. He's hanging. <laughs> I mean... And... Uh, so with that, that's actually as much as we got into with the story of Santa. Um, but, you know, that's him. He's just, he's amazing, but also confusing, and also a saint and Greek, and didn't deal with snow at all, and definitely didn't live in the North Pole, and had zero reindeer. It was basically just stockings, and that's kind of it. I liked it. But, you know, most of it's not historically accurate. That's um, okay. We make it up as we go along. But Santa's a fun boy. And so that is the end of this, hopefully, long, oh, this is going to be a long podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this uh, special Christmas episode. Um, And on that note, I will just say that you can find me on the internet, especially because I'm going to post those photos that I mentioned. Um, You can find me on Twitter. It's at Happy History Pod. My Instagram is at Happy Hour History Pod. Facebook is at Happy Hour, or just like Happy Hour History Podcast. My Gmail is happyhourhistorypod at gmail.com. You can find me on Patreon if you want to get the full episode. And then there's a couple of also, like, other things on Patreon. Um, You can find me there. It is, I believe... uh, Why do I never know this? Patreon.com... Yeah, patreon.com slash happyhourhistorypod. Um, so you can subscribe there at the $1 a month level, and then you'll get all these extras. So there's an extra episode. Um, if you're really tired of listening to Christianity after you heard this whole podcast, I do have an episode on Jewish uh, history. The Golem of Prague is already there. And then this episode will be there in its entirety. Um, so you can get, like, some extra content. But otherwise, um, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, thanks for listening. Um, and thanks, Squad, for showing up. Doing some history discussion. Our pleasure, I think. It's gonna burn up.
is not in. That's going to be on the internet forever. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry bye. Christmas. Bye. Okay, so we are officially recording now, Go just team. so we're all clear. I'm really scared of it. <laughs> Would you like me to go first? No, I haven't yes. done a shot in a long time. I'm just scared. Hold your nose. In our cute little Christmas mug shots. <laughs> hold your nose. If I, but you if don't I, have to drink it all because it might be bigger than if a I shot. Hold, if I hold my nose, yeah, is, is, I don't, I, am I not missing the experience of the whipped flavor? You drink uh, alcohol. I wouldn't think the whip flavor is going to be that much. Yeah. Or that good. It is still vodka. Okay. Whew. I'm afraid. <laughs> Fears for the cowards. And she took it all. Oh, she's not happy about it either. Oh, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> is that good or bad? It's good and bad. It's much like the smell. Somehow both good and right. bad. But better than regular vodka. I'm My give God, it Mom. It is me dropping vodka. I'm so sorry. We'll have to wash your thing. That's okay. Y'all, we are about to get lit. You can do it. You're a bit this strong. scares me. You can do I it. the nose thing was a good she idea. I don't know that it really did anything. She's a power player. My God, my mom can't be stopped. I wa I've never seen my mom no. do a shot before. That was thrilling. <laughs> that was like... She, it wasn't even like a, just like a switchback. But isn't back it kind of weird? You. Like it's both good and bad. It's not horrible. It's not horrible. It's definitely better than a regular Fine. vodka. <laughs> I always do the face. It's actually not that bad. No, it isn't. But I always do the face. It like something about it. It just like makes my like m face muscles be like, nope. Mom just took another Mom's one. Such a baller. Mom was way cooler than all of us is when she was young, and also she's still cooler than us now. Oh my god. In a different Ooh. way. Mom is cooler than the rest of but us. But she's still Mom, cooler than us. Like, Mom's cooler than the rest of us combined. Mom's taking a shot for the Council of Nessie. Sorry, my hot chocolate's gone, and I'm feeling slightly parched. I have a weird question. So, like, in the future when, like, names have, like, evolved into, like, weird stuff, do you think, like... But, like, if, like, Catholicism isn't dead or, like, Orthodox, like, religions aren't dead, do you think we'll end up, like, having, like, a St. Cucumber?